uh, for Brothers Comics. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite mutants on the line. It's mutant number one. It's next. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Meet you are, fellow mutants. Yes, I am still in the number one spot. <laughs> yes, you do have uh, approximately twenty days to go uh, because I'm mutant number it. two. Yeah, mutant number two is sitting in the back of the bus. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it's brother Beavers. What's up? Hey, fair warning. I don't know if February's got me down or if I'm get the legacy virus or what, but don't get that close <laughs> to your phone tonight. Uh, uh, no, doing <laughs> no itis, itis coming off. Yeah, the itis is out there. Uh, 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 our friend Will Stacks, who does the NBA podcast with us uh, last week, uh, really struggled through the podcast. He was uh, had the itis as well. So, yeah, this night uh, or tonight, we're going to be heavy X Men focused or X book focused. Uh, we had been going through a lot of the Marvel Legacy books, which have kind of not included the X-Men in them, um, so to speak. Uh, so um, the original point of this podcast really had been, uh, when it was the Thursday Night Comic Book Show, had been just kind of going over classic X-Men stories. So this would be a kind of a throwback tonight to that. We got a, a slate of, I think, four different X-Men books and then a classic book with the, the original Uncanny books for two issues. So uh, looking forward to that. But before we get to that, we get to blurred notes. Hold on. Blurred notes. Blurred notes. Blurred notes. Blurred notes. All right, so as the blurred note sounder brings us in, uh, the Super Bowl uh, and this week brought us a few trailers, a movie trailer. So most of the blurred notes are going to be our reactions to these trailers. I wish we had the technology where we could record ourselves watching those trailers and have that video reaction to it. Although it would probably be pretty boring on my part. So um, let's go. Uh, letter B, it's the Solo trailer. The Han Solo movie comes out this summer. Uh, the movie's been through a little bit of a transition where they had an original director and then they dropped him out for Opie Cunningham. Opie Cunningham's taken over the production. Um, and the movie finally le- releases its trailer. It's been teased for a little bit. Um, trailer reaction of Brother Beavis, Solo. So I was, I think I'm, I was pretty ambivalent toward this movie. And when I was watching, I was like half paying attention. And when it came on, because that's kind of like the hokey sign up sequence with the Empire, I thought it was like a joke. Um, yeah. I thought it was like a joke for another commercial. And then as it kicked in, I really liked the look of it. I don't know if it's like the lighting or the style or whatever, but I really like the look of it. And I, I'm actually kind of interested. I'm still concerned it's going to be a rehash of tedious stuff that we don't necessarily need to know. But and and he doesn't come off as solo to me, but Lando looks awesome. So yeah, I I was yeah, yeah. I was went from completely not caring to wow, I'm, that, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, it it definitely um it 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 did kind of tease up into the commercials uh, during the Super Bowl. I was like, wait, what is this? Um, it definitely yeah. didn't, you didn't think it was anything else or anything spectacular. Sam, man, what did you think? Um, I'm pretty much in the same place. I just, I, I cared nothing for seeing this originally. I remember when they announced they were doing it, I was like, oh, that's a mistake. I'm not going to see that. And then you find yourself when you actually see the uh, footage, actually you see it, uh, everything moving and uh, you see the new Millennium Falcon, you know, brand new. It's got white walls <laughs> in the uh, inside the ship. You know, it's brand new. You see the TIE fighters. You hear all the familiar sounds of Star Wars. And it always brings you back, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan. And I, it, same thing, I found myself 
of like, wow, I probably got to go see this now. And I didn't think I was going to do that at all. So, uh, uh, yeah, as for the uh, actor playing Solo, I don't think he looks or sounds like Solo at all. But I don't know. Yeah, it uh, could still be a good movie. Maybe he's just not going to you know, try to uh, mimic uh, Harrison Ford, which probably would be a mistake anyway. But, yeah, I'm interested again. Yeah, I saw that he was actually a consultant on the movie, which probably was right. just him going in there and saying, whatever, you know, cash that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think he really probably did too much. Um, but yeah, I think if you look at a lot of the blurred reaction, for sure, everybody was just like um, at Donald Glover for Lando. It was like, oh, yeah, and that the shot in the, in the trailer is him. I think I texted y'all with the picture. I was like, I, I think Lando took the black. Um, he was, that was a nice watch with that freaking chinchilla coat on. And um, I was like, wow, he looks great. And, you know, some of the other photos and stills that have come out since then, you know, I think a lot of people might be more interested in the Lando Calrissian solo story uh, as opposed to the hand solo story. But, yeah, I mean, I he's, thought he was He's rocking okay. Luke Cage yellow in some of those. Yeah, he's looking good, mm-hmm. man. You know, I was, yeah. a little, I was a little weary of the casting of, uh, of him. At, at the, in that role, you know, and I think, I mean, we talked about this on a different podcast, you know, you know he's an actor and he's, you know, method or uh, to a point or whatever. And he went and talked to Billy D. Williams. He was like, hey, man, just be cool. It was basically his <laughs> advice. <laughs> just be cool. Just be charming, I think was the exact, man, just be charming. You know, he was asking so for all this, acting, <laughs> all this acting advice. He was like, yeah, man, well, just be charming. What's the line? Does your character die? It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, this will be their first attempt at doing these solo movies, you know, down the pipe, allegedly, there's a uh, an Obi-Wan movie, which I think a lot of people would be interested in, especially if they can get Ewan McGregor to come back and do it, and right. uh, allegedly a Boba Fett movie, so um, this will be a test for sure to see how far they go with these solo Star Wars movies. All right, that letter L, Deadpool trailer comes out yesterday, um, this is a full uh, a full-on trailer, not a teaser. Uh, they actually moved the movie up. It was supposed to come out, I think, in June or July, and they actually moved mm-hmm. it up. I think it's May 18th now. Um, if we'll talk about it as it goes through, what did you view of the trailer, Brother Beavis? Um, I so my big question going in was, how what would be the interaction between the two characters? One being sort of ultra serious, and the other being ultra joke. And I think. What they've set up the story, it appears that Cable's coming back from the future to kill Deadpool or something to prevent some timeline. So that all sounds fine. That sounds like a great way to mesh it together. So it doesn't appear they've they've broke it yet. My concern still is that they'll just sort of run over the same jokes they've already hit. Yeah. Same man. Deadpool. Um, I was actually impressed with Cable, which I did not... Yeah, little words that would uh, come out of my mouth because I, I can tell you as much of a Marvel hack as I am, I could give a fuck about Cable. I really, <laughs> I just never cared about that character, that character at all. But I mean, give him credit. I mean, um, uh, Brolin makes a good Cable, um, and it's um, it looks, it does look a lot more like more of the same as far as like some of the jokes and stuff with. Uh, Deadpool, but I mean, that's what, we're, you know, we were always going to get that regardless. And, um, you know, with Cable, who knows what the storyline is, obviously. I think uh, you already hit on it. He's going to come back from the future to 
probably try to kill Deadpool or something equivalent like that, and hilarity ensues, um, and that'll be the movie. But um, so far, so good. It's not like I'm not going to go see it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we can complain a lot. It's not like it's not going to get dollars. Um, uh, there's a couple of shots there. At first, I was okay with the domino, um, like, not necessarily the casting. I think Zazie Beetz is a great actress. And she's really beautiful, minus the afro and that thing. But I just don't like the, the design of the character in, like, in moving pictures. It just didn't look, um, I don't know, it didn't look right to me. There's a kind of a quick shot of X-Force there um, as they're standing on, like, a, like a plane or whatever. Um, I, I worry that you say, uh, Brother Beavis, they're going to just run over the same jokes. I think that they're not just going to run over the same jokes. I think they're going to drive a fucking truck through them. And there's <laughs> going to be more dick jokes, more fart jokes. And it, to the point where, like, you know, it's just going to be like, uh, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be too much. Because it's a sequel, you know? Sequels are bigger, better, stronger, faster. So, oh, you thought that dick joke was funny. Well, <laughs> ten more dick jokes. So, you know, and I think, I think it runs the risk of becoming a farce of itself. And whereas the original had just enough of that serious tone to it without it becoming, you know. And, again, it's something that we talked about on, I think it was uh, the Wolverine Origins movie. Uh, when you get the star of the movie becoming an executive producer of the movie, it's never a good thing. That means they have a whole lot of control over the content of that movie. And let's be honest, uh, Ryan Reynolds' movies where he's not Deadpool haven't necessarily been uber successful. So, um It'll get my money. Um, that trailer was okay. Uh, you know, the jokes are a little bit old for me at this point already, so um, I'll go in with zero expectations. All right. The trailer today for the letter E, um, the Venom teaser trailer, and we'll definitely have to call it a tease. Um, but the <laughs> Tom Hardy fronted movie comes out this fall. Uh, they set up a lot of, uh, they released a poster, which is essentially the Venom mask uh, the day before yesterday. Uh, they release, uh, it's about, I think, a minute and a half teaser trailer, um, minus Venom. Uh, you don't see Venom in, in the trailer at all. Uh, uh, I'm going to go first. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, that, really, that really looked like it was the start of um, one of those um, those real trailers or whatever. You know, It should have had a voiceover that said, in a world where there is no yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, that was because, all that was missing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that it, they could have. I don't know what that was. That could have been the start of any movie time starring Tom Hardy, essentially. And I thought it was uneventful at best. And they're gonna go, you know, headlong into this idea of having a movie without a Venom movie without Spider Man being in it. And I think most people think that's a genuine mistake. Uh, Brother Beavis, did you did you see the teaser? I did, and yeah, as you were talking about, I was thinking more, the more glaring absence than actually Venom was Spider-Man. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, just, I know the origin is in the 80s, but to me, Venom is a one of the quintessential 90s characters, and that's not a good thing. Um, I'm not big on Tom Hardy, and really only because I think the, his bane was so overblown and ridiculous. Uh, that that's like I I can't see him and not think I was born in darkness. I'm not <laughs> like that. But uh, I just I, that, I, that that did nothing for me. I didn't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I probably won't see it. 
Yeah, that does. That yeah. sounds about right. Uh, Sandman. Yeah, that was a waste of time, in my opinion. This is uh, once again Sony believing they can do everything that Marvel does, and then the reality slapping them upside the head. And what we got, what we got, um, a Venom teaser without Venom in it. And I don't know if they think they're trying to be clever or trying to hold it. Dude, I mean, I was online all day just looking at comments. People were pissed that they didn't show Venom in that movie. I mean, sometimes you just got to get, get the hell out of your own way. And, yeah. you know, I, I thought at least they would show the last shop, you know, maybe a close-up of the yeah. skin and his eye or something, its teeth, the tongue, something like that. Yeah, yeah something. And that was a big mistake because now they're gonna have, probably going to overcompensate for the next one because pretty much everybody's crushing them for this. Yeah. From what I've seen, so yeah, not not yeah. not good. I, I I put out there on Twitter. I was like, Sony's probably asking what Tom Holland's schedule is like for reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they are now. Yeah, can we get you for you know about fifteen days? Um, because we need to slide something in here. Because ooh, yeah, it it, it yeah. made no sense. Uh, I you again, if the character's so popular, you need to put him in the trailer to get people excited about it. You know. Uh, I think listening to the old Mall Rats commentary on DVD, uh, one of the first shoots of the movie didn't have them getting to the mall for like 30 minutes. And they were like, yeah, you're going to have to reshoot that. It's called Mall Rats. They need to be at the mall really quickly. <laughs> but it's called Venom. We need to see Venom like now, okay? Like we don't need to see it like whenever you're going to try to plan on giving it to us. So give us, you know, we are Venom. Put Venom in the damn movie and in the trailer. All right. Last trailer react is also from the Super Bowl, Avengers Infinity War, drops another teaser trailer, only 30 seconds. Um, just a couple of really shots in there that probably, uh, probably the biggest one is Cap using his vibranium new uh, Wakanda shield, which I think people were pretty hyped about. Uh, a, little, a couple of Spider-Man shots, you see Iron Man and uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah, having a moment together, um, you know, but nothing... Nothing really out of the ordinary besides that cap shot. Brother Bruce, I think you said you weren't sure if you had saw it. Yeah. Sandman, anything. Go ahead, Brother Bruce, sorry. No, I just, I, I, I remember seeing it now because you mentioned that shield. It's just, it's just more of the same. I, I don't know why it was why they did it. Yeah, they didn't need was, to. Yeah, Super Bowl. It was all, that, that's the only reason, because it was a Super Bowl. They had a captive audience. That's the only reason. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know that there's anything that they could do to make that movie more anticipated. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's bad now. I, yeah, I mean, what, yeah. what could they possibly show that could get people is hype for that unless, literally, unless the Fantastic Four and the X-Men popped up in a damn trailer of some sort. There's no way that <laughs> yeah. anybody else could get more excited about this movie. So, uh, and is there, there's two movies that come out before that, right? Um, um well, we get one, definitely. Black Panther here uh, in yeah. eight days, and you get. Um, uh, does Deadpool come out before that? I don't. I've never seen that. Ant Man and Wasp. Is that May or, or August? No, no that comes out after. Back. As well. oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That comes out that. Yeah, just Deadpool and then um, and Black Panther. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, they got plenty of time. I think it's the free comic book day movie, you know, the Marvel movie that comes out that first weekend in May. I believe that's the Infinity movie. Uh, so, I mean, good luck. I'm, I mean, whatever. You know you're going to get a full trailer ahead of Black Panther this weekend or next weekend. So uh, maybe it'll be different. Maybe um, it'll be the same one that they've been, pre, you know, they put out a few weeks ago. But I, I don't know. Uh, I'm excited. But nothing that they could do is going to make, you know, 
lessen that or even make it any greater. All right. Real quick is the last one. Uh, the D is um, it was announced that there's going to be another trilogy. It's going to be held by the um, the duo that does Game of Thrones. Uh, we do do a podcast about that. I know what you did last winter uh, with these two same gentlemen. Um, I think it's what Weiss and somebody or whatever. They're supposed to get the um, the new trilogy or whatever. Um, the biggest issue is that is um, there's a few issues. One being that um, Star Wars flat out refusal to hire a woman or a person of color to direct a, a Star Wars movie. It, it's just, I mean, it's almost, it's ridiculous at this point. I think I read somewhere where 96% of the people that have worked on Star Wars have been white males. Um, and then two, these two gentlemen, let, let's be honest, we love the show. We record a podcast about it. Their treatment of women and uh, people of color, not exactly um, stellar. Um, so uh, people may be a little bit nervous about seeing them handling a, a galaxy far, far away. It, it, does it matter to you, Brother Beavis, at all, though? Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's really about them. It's just I, I think that even though everything he did was not great, I think that's a, that's a good way to say it, George Lucas at least forced continuity, and, and we knew what the Star Wars universe was. I don't know if we know what Star Wars universe was or is anymore. And I think, you know, the Ryan Johnson view was a different movie than we'd seen before. I think one of the things that the current series is stumbling on is they're showing absolute reverence for the actors, but not the roles. I mean, they've completely ripped apart all the roles. Uh, so I don't, I don't even know what a Star Wars movie is really anymore. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it could be them. It could be anybody. I just, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Yeah. I think that, um, a lot of people also too, because their post game of Thrones announced project before yeah. was Confederate, which was their reimagination that the South won the second civil war, which sent people into an absolute freaking tailspin. Um, because people, I mean, you know, again, revisionist Southern history is, um, a, a real thing. I don't think people needed or wanted to see it on um, on live screen or whatever. But maybe they're going to give them the old Republic Sandman. Maybe that's what they're going to do instead of doing some version of the yeah. Family Skywalker. Yeah, because it's getting a little crowded in the main uh, main Luke the Skywalker series. Then um, you got to walk on eggshells and not try to break continuity. So that's one of the rumors is that you know they're going to do maybe. The Revan storyline, the the old Republic, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, something around that time, which is like five thousand years before the Star Wars era, I believe, and um, that would be good because there would be a, there are a lot of uh, uh, Revan fans, a lot of people that played that uh, those games. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played it, but it's still probably my choice for the best Star Wars game ever made, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So that would be good. Um, I mean, we obviously love Game of Thrones, and so, you know, that's a plus. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm game for it. You know, uh, I think it's a, good, a smart decision to remove it from the uh, mainland series. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, it, at a point, you're just like, golly, man. And it's Kathleen Kennedy is the head executive at Lucasfilm or whatever, so she's yeah. a woman. I can't. It's hard to imagine. I mean, you know, white women always go first in this. Yeah, and white women always go first in these things. You can't tell me that they couldn't find at least one white woman to uh, yeah. put in at the head one of these movies. It just seems weird. Like, I mean, and what, man. And what's even stranger is you have a sister company in Marvel who's 
embracing the uh, diversity with a lot of the directors. Now, well, right. it just started. I mean, it, was, it hasn't been rampant, but at least they're trying, you know, and yeah. Star Wars, they seem to be almost paralyzed in Star Wars. Like, they're afraid to change anything up, but they're people they already know, and, you know, they're not looking for anybody else outside that little group, you know, <laughs> because, like, Star Wars is like the Disney holy cow, you know, yeah. so they, it seems like they just don't want to try anything new with that. I don't know. So, yeah. so Kathleen Kennedy is Mike Brown. Um, don't oh, want to hire anybody. That's a, that's a good. <laughs> yeah, so Marvin Lewis. Is they're going to announce Marvin Lewis is going to be the next director of the Star Wars trilogy. Oh. <laughs> He's going to oh. get a 20-year lifetime contract, no matter what, how the movies do. All right. All right, let's transition into the books, y'all. Uh, again, we are all X-focused this week. Uh, the books off the top are Rogue and Gambit number two, X Men Gold twenty. It's twenty one. I had it twenty in the notes. I said it's twenty one. Uh, X Men yeah. Red number one, and then we'll get to the throwback Thursday here in a little bit. So Rogue and Gambit number two is up to back first. Um, we're gonna let Brother Beavis take the lead on this. I got notes all over the place, uh, but it does pick up in a weird spot after issue number one, which had them strapped to a table. Uh, looking like they're getting exam, <laughs> looking like they're getting examined. <laughs> By the way, ahead on this, um, I think I was very like, man. We talked about this when it was previewed. Well, this is some bullshit. Uh, this is a very entertaining book, at least in my humble opinion. Yeah, uh, the, the, where we left off last week was they had arrived at the. Uh, well, oh my God, the, Marvel applications are garbage. Can we just have a quick aside? <laughs> yeah, go the Marvel.com website is absolutely terrible at actually yeah. reading comics. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not good. So I'm at the end of the book right now. I gotta figure out like there's well, I'll take it up. I'm, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a way to do it. But how is there not like a go back to the beginning button? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah, they they were they were on the island. They uh, they ended up strapped onto the table, and then they pick up not strapped to a table. And there's a few like time jumps sort of in the first few pages, so it's a little bit hard to follow. Yeah. But they do. I do like this this uh, this splash page of their conflict where you know they're she's like, all right, tell me how you tell me how you started, and they're just like they're screaming at each other. And there's various scenes. I don't think I recognize more than a couple of these. See, yeah. you know, Belladonna was apparently part of the discussion. Uh, mm -hmm. Looks like Deadpool. Yeah, I was going to say Rogue right. kissing a lot of people. Uh, Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a big visual history of how they fight, and um, the the primary focus of the book is on how they met, uh, which gets on some uh, some no surrender Voyager type shit. Um, because it's kind of this retcon uh, version of history of how they met uh, involving the Shadow King and two different stories. And I kind of remember that story vaguely. It's probably going to, obviously going to be coming up here yeah, soon. Yeah, real close. Yeah, when we, um, yeah. When, as we're coming going through these books here. But uh, basically, she remembers it one way, he remembers it a different way. Um, but in both of those ways, uh, they smashed. Um, Gambit's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, way was like, hey, he picked it up post coitus. Uh, Rose picks it up like pre coitus, uh, and you know, 
her thought process is, is like, okay, I, we were under the control of the Shadow King. I don't know which of these feelings were mine, which feelings were controlled by the Shadow King, and I don't want that to be messed up, and I don't want it to, you know, think that way again. It's like, you know, we smashed the first night, baby, and it was wonderful <laughs> and beautiful, and I don't know why this is a problem for you, but... Um, yeah, that, that's, it was great. And so there's a lot of conflict there, but it's also kind of, you know, it's funny and tender all at the same time. There's a great joke in there about like Rogue, like, why is my costume tore up yeah. and everybody's, <laughs> and everybody else is perfectly fine. And my costume was tore in all the right places. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, the B plot is them trying to figure out what the, the, the reason that Kitty sent them to the island is that there's something going on with the mutants here, um, and they have to sneak into uh, the offices, and they're crawling through air ducts, and um, they finally get in there. They see the mutants that are, have been captured, and there's a, you know, a comic book battle or whatever, and then it ends on some villain who I have no idea who the fuck that is. I was like, who the hell is that? All yeah, dressed out in purple. It's the random, you know, villain for this particular story or anything Lavish, like that. Ravish, um, I believe, is what they're calling her. Ravish. Well, okay, yeah, it seems like a her. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it didn't ring any bells to me. Um, but I thought, you know, again, I thought the book was rather entertaining. To be honest with you, um, it it, it strikes the right tone. You know, it kind of reminds me of. Um, uh, the Mockingbird book a little bit mm. um, that came out a couple years ago that even though it was more spy thriller, but its tone of, you know, between comedy and action was very good. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, I, I get this. Uh, I understand what they're trying to do. It should end in like six issues. It does not need to go beyond that because that's about as much as you could take with Rogue and Gambit. So overall, yeah. what did you think? Well, it was all right. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know what I say about villains and the fact that they fight like four completely vanilla villains and then somebody we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, that that right. gives you some strengthening, but yeah. it's fine. The story's called Rogue and Gambit, not Rogue, Gambit, and Villain. So that's true. <laughs> so there's yeah. that. All right. So Sam, what did you think of Rogue and Gambit number two? It was more entertaining than I thought it would be. I remember when I first heard about it, they were making a book with them, and I was like, yeah, my, my eyes were rolling out my head, and I was like, yeah, great. And, um, yeah, and when I started it, it was like, oh, this is a little more offbeat than I thought it would be. You know, um, um, you knew they were going to be fighting somebody together, and some kind of story would ensue. But, I mean, at least the, the writing is not as bad as I thought it would be at all. And, um And they have a complicated history, like pretty much most of the X-Men, so... Um, it was kind of entertaining to see them uh, uh, try to explain at least their first meeting, and apparently, of course, that's not even simple in itself. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll give it to people a well, about a B, B, B minus, something like that. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's going to conclude. It should conclude fairly, very, very, very quickly. Five, six issues, be done, and we don't need to, a year's worth of rolling gamut stories. That's for damn sure. All right, uh, let's move on straight to X-Men Gold number 21. Uh, at the start of this Marvel Hacks podcast, we started the, the, the I think, what was it called? Resurrection, X-Resurrection. Uh, we yes, we started re, uh, reviewing the, the Blue and Gold books at the relaunch. Um, 
and we're kind of falling off because, to me, the books have really fallen off the off the the deep end of the earth. And we went through the whole um, what's that dude's name Mojo story, Mojo, which yeah. I thought was yeah. absolute freaking butt cheeks uh, for many <laughs> many months, and it was bad and it was boring and it, nothing came of it that I really cared about. And so we hadn't been away we had been away from it for a while, and I think there was a story that I just you know it gets referenced that they were in the freaking negative zone. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are the X-Men in the negative zone? And so I'm like, whatever. So, hey, X-Men gold number 21, and it's a return again of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Um, Mesmero is uh, uh, recruiting a new Brotherhood. He, he But this is a throwback to the first one, right? Is this, that what is, it was? this is a culmination of the brotherhood they met in the first few issues and i think we missed we must have missed the payoff to that story oh okay mm. well there's a there's a lady that hates mutants uh to lydia yeah. something or whatever and that's and she's that's the one kitty's been arguing with she's a senator yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. uh, the okay. new robert the new robert kelly hey yeah. everything's old is new again uh stay tuned um and so yeah, he's recruiting this new brotherhood. Uh, he gets a, he gets the real avalanche, and he fake gets this new pyro dude. And they want to get revenge on Lydia Nance. They're in uh, what's it called? The there's a prison break. What is the place called that they are in? I didn't know anything about this. The, the box. The box. Oh, yes, okay. a mutant prison. And they break out, and they're you know to try to get revenge on this lady. Um, in X-Men world, Logan is leaving, uh, also a parallel to a book we're going to be reading later as well. Um, he, but his reason that he's leaving now is because he's old and he's a liability. And I put in there, it's also maybe because the new old Wolverine is back and yeah. my character may not serve seven much. Seven other first. Wolverines? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like three or four of them already on his timeline, so. Yeah. yeah. I never read those old man Logan books, but I can tell you that I have no real interest in doing it because it just seems like such a freaking um, hot shot of the title just to put it on somebody else to have an alternate character there. I just don't, I don't know, I don't get it, and I just don't care. I don't know how y'all feel about old man Logan. Too much Logan. Yeah, yeah too much yeah. Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought, it was a, I thought it was insane when they brought him back to be a part of the uh, X-Men Gold team or any X-Men team for that matter. It's just, it was, yeah. it's just one thing back in the day when there was like four Punisher books and three Wolverine books and Spider-Man, yeah. you know, seven Spider-Man books, but now there's actually seven Spider-Man, seven Wolverines. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, uh, too much. Co- yeah, cohabitating the same universe. Um, yeah. Uh, so he's leaving to go to Japan and Canada. Uh, in other X news, um, Rachel Summers is having, you know, her powers have gotten a little wonky. Uh, she seems like she's returning back to the Hound, which she was before, uh, you know, in her days of future past uh, types of days. Um, and her and Kurt is very worried, and her and Kurt are in some version of a relationship right now. She says she's perfectly fine. She's been, um, you know, essentially freed. Whatever happened in this previous story, she doesn't have the weight and the burden of the world on her anymore. And she's, you know, I never felt better. Um, and, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, this book is very Guggenheim um, in its terms of stories and whatnot. And it's very C-dub, as Brother Beavis likes to say. And, you know, you the, the getting to comic book stuff becomes a little bit, 
it too far and in between sometimes. But I mean, I, I don't know. It, I didn't. This book didn't really do much to me as we're starting to wrap it up. Anybody you like this one, Brother Beavis? No, it doesn't have any strong characters um, because Storm is like playing backseat to Kitty, and everyone else yeah. is just. It's just it, there's just no strong characters. Yeah, it it just doesn't really. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't like flow or I don't know how to describe it other than the fact that it doesn't really feel like an X-Men book. The characters yeah. are the same. It's like Riverdale, you know? It's like, I know the names of these people, but this doesn't feel like freaking Archieverse. Well, this doesn't feel like an X-Men book either. So, um, the New Brotherhood, they attack Lydia on a ship. The X-Men, of course, respond. You get, like, the battle or whatever. Um, Lydia turns it into an opportunity to, uh, you know, shit on the X-Men. Like, look at them. This is what they do. You know, got camera phones out and stuff. And then Kitty, before they went out to battle, she was worried that, you know, without Old Man Logan and with um, Rachel a little bit mentally compromised, maybe I probably shouldn't take this team out in the battle. Well, she was correct because uh, they get mollywopped by some pretty shitty mutants, uh, Mesmero, Pyro, and Avalanche. Uh, yeah. C-list. Yeah. 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 They couldn't that get an A-list or, like, Mysterio. They had to get me. Hey, you know, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they couldn't get the wrecking crew there. But that's, <laughs> what, you that's what you need. That's what you yeah. need right there. Yeah, Magma was also on the team, and she's got something with Mesmero. That she, because she you know, was, if you remember, she was on the team that he put together. There was, oh, it, was magma? it was Pyro, Magma, uh, I don't know who Mesmero was pretending to be, but there was some dragon creature as well. But yeah, yeah. this was yeah. this was the Brotherhood team he formed like in issue one that they fought, that like teleported away. Oh, this, and that mm -hmm. sounds vaguely familiar, but, and then that's yeah. another thing too, you know, there's nothing that memorable that happens in these books, so you're telling me something of a book that we read, you know, probably a year and a half ago, and I don't remember anything about it. That's terrible. That could yeah. be me with some early onset shit. Or <laughs> the books no. just aren't memorable. You know? I think so, like yeah. They might be both. But, um, yeah, it's just not, it's just, you know, it's just like kind of a whatever book. And they, you know, the X-Men get their asses kicked, and they're all laid out, and that's the end of issue number 21 of X-Men Gold. Uh, it's still the book fronted by Kitty, so it's always going to, you know, kind of be meh to me. Um, and then I think here coming up soon, that's going to be the book where her and Peter get engaged. So, um, yay, I guess. Uh, I guess we'll have to cover yeah. that, too, find out where they're registered. All right. Let's get into the new book, X-Men Red. Um, uh, <laughs> um, this book actually had me a little bit angry. Uh, not angry, but just I, I didn't really understand the perp. Confused. Point or the purpose? Yeah, it just—I don't know. Somebody want to start off on this one before I go off? I, yeah, it's like I don't—I don't understand why. Like she's just now back from the dead, and she's yeah. set on saving the world. And yeah. why does she have to do that without the other teams? And you know, it just—it just—they it, try and jump right into it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, it's really rushed. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the extended Wolverine universe, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Honey Badger, and they they introduce this team and then they flashback. So here again, they just they're they're trying to keep doing these flashbacks and flash forwards. And, uh, I it's a it's a it's a terrible team that makes no sense. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 They got too many teams anyway. I mean, I'm I'm just just confused now. You know, it's just, yeah. Nightcrawler has become the Wolverine of the books, too, because now he's on at least two teams. And um, I don't know if that's a sign that he's going to leave gold, and if so, they really have nothing. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, yeah, the, 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 I guess the new thing is now we have mutant babies. That was the big. There's yeah. this, mutant, this baby that develops mutant powers, and that's everyone's even more concerned now. And so that amps mm-hmm. up all the angst and. She has this plot to go to the United Nations. United Nations. She says, like, last time, whenever we band together, we just get a target. So I don't know if they're going to, like, I don't know if they're just going to have mutant kind but not locate everybody. And she's got some grand plan that they don't show us what it is. Yeah. It's just, don't, put them on a, yeah. don't put them on an island because that doesn't work out for mutants. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Uh, there's a part that you uh, skip over that I that I didn't miss that I'm sure is fucking intentional. Uh, yes, she's got a plan to essentially save the world. I, I, I was looking at this. She's going to collecting people. I was like, this is a fucking Coke commercial. You know, I like to buy the world a Coke. I was like, oh, this is terrible. Two, okay, so yes, there's a mutant baby, and it, the lady is a, uh, an African-American lady. She gets carjacked or whatever, and the baby's in the car, and they say the baby's mutant powers or whatever, and they go, oh, okay, they come, save the baby, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then they're like, oh, Gene's going to calm down. Yeah, the baby's name is Toby. I'm like, Toby? Uh, I'm like, nigga? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no Toby. L- look, you ain't going to never find no black person named Toby, man. Never. Let me t- When you say never, you ain't never going to find no black person named Toby. I'm just trying to tell you right now. So yeah. uh, that shit was intentional. Just to let you know, but overall, the book is butt cheeks, absolute butt cheeks. I have no idea why they made X Men red. It is makes it makes no sense. It and it's and it's and it's fucking eat pray love too, man. And total white lady savior crap that she goes to Namor and uh, T'Challa to like, hey, you know, we want a mutant nation, and y'all gotta you know stand up for us, and both of them stand up for her. And I was just like, come on, man. And so she's going to save the world. It, it's just bullshit. And why does Namor just, like, cave that quickly? Namor is an asshole. He always has been. I can't believe he would just, like, put his, like, which is his country, quote, unquote, on the line for him so easily and stuff. I mean, and Black Panther, too, for that matter. I mean, he's not a jerk. But, you know, it just, it's all these political uh, situations and stuff just kind of seem to go away in this book. I mean, they just join her, like, just like that. And I thought that's like, what the, really? What the hell? I don't know. And it's rushed, too. It's just like, bam, bam, bam. It is so fast how everything just happens. This book is 33 pages, though, so it wasn't that fast. We need to talk about the reveal of the villain, because Cassandra Nova is not my favorite. Yeah. Motherfucker, I have a note in here, because I didn't send y'all the notes this week. I said Cassandra Nova as the villain. See, Brother Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is a very comic booky character. She was the in utero clone of Charles Xavier that he had to he choked out in the womb and reabsorbed her <laughs> genetic material at birth. 
and she yeah. lived as a little homunculus inside his brain before she took over. <laughs> there was some terrible grand Oh, they were stuff. reaching. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Oh, that's so yeah. bad. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and there will become a time eventually, probably, when we will get to these Grant Morrison new X-Men books, which they're not as bad as I thought they were. I've read them in modern days, and they just made me angry back in the day. Now yeah. it's like, okay, I kind of get it. Yeah, he took yeah he he took a very different take on the characters. That's for sure. Yeah, you got that right. Didn't he oversee the whole like the Phoenix, uh, the last Phoenix death or whatever else? Yep. Yeah. yeah, okay, that was him. All right. Yeah. He brought in a lot of the, like, the sort of Morlock-level mutants back into the story. They had, like, a whole other class of, like, Beak and Angel, the one from the, yeah. not not the shitty Angel, the just as bad <laughs> Angel from yeah. the movie. Zorn. Uh, yeah, Zorn, yeah. So he right. he committed a lot of crimes against the X-Verse, but it, it's not <laughs> it's it's not as bad as I remember. But there's some mm-hmm. good stuff in there, actually. Okay. Yeah, uh, and we did, you went over the team, uh, X-23, Namor, Trinary, Trinary, they show the picture of her and that big dude, and they don't even, yeah. they don't even get back into them in the story. Yeah, Gentle is his name, his name is Gentle, Gentle Ben, and um, maybe that's Toby all grown up, maybe they flash back, like, really far. Um I, I, I don't know. I I know this. I won't be reading X Men Red number two. Like we won't. This this is in this is in Falcon territory. It's not as bad with the writing and whatnot, but there was nothing good in it to make me want to read the next one. So yes, uh, there, there's no reason for Jean Grey to have her own team. She was perfectly fine having her own book with the teenage girl, which was a fairly solid book. They didn't need yeah, to get adult Jean. They didn't even yeah. give adult Gene a, a book at the expense of teenage Gene. They just could have had teenage Gene and put Gene Gray on whichever team that they wanted to. Uh, this is this is hot shot in the title as well. Uh, this book will be around for six to eight months, and then you know it'll be right back to whatever Gene will be right back to wherever she's supposed to be on whichever team. Um, so like, they're not gonna kill all right, mm-hmm. X Men Green, who's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The X Men Turquoise. Well, before we get to the Throwback Thursday, you do see that they're changing the X Men Blue book too to some really jacked up team with like Polaris <laughs> and because you know, Polaris is hot now because she's on uh, on um, uh, that the TV the show. Yeah, on the Gifted, oh, so right. she's going to so be leading the, the team. Yeah, so it's <laughs> all right. Sorry, all right. Oh. Let's get to the throwback Thursday. Uh, we are in X Men two forty six and two forty seven. This is our master mold story. Uh, we're going to need a little bit of uh, recapping here for Brother Beavis because of Nimrod. Um, I was like reading this and I'm like, oh, what about Nimrod? But this is post Inferno. That was our last throwback story. Yep. That took us six months to get through, and um, <laughs> so we are uh, to uh, you know pushing our way towards. You know, the next X event, which we I think we determined was the Extinction Agenda. But these issues are, you know, kind of important in terms of character building, so we wanted to stop off here. So, X-Men 246, I got like eight pages of notes for these two books. But go ahead and start us off, Brother Beavis. What did we miss? So, very little, actually. You have the, uh, the, the post-crossover hangover 
was a one shot with the ladies. Everyone's all cooped up in Australia and, and they got to get out of there and they're all fighting. My cat's going insane. Um, and so they travel, they go on a road trip. The, the, the version I have is funny because like the coloring is real off and, uh, Dazzler's skin is like pink, like bright pink or something like that. I don't know what's up with that, but anyway, they go to this mall and they have a encounter with these sort of knockoff Ghostbuster wannabes and there's this inferno technology they have. It's, it's terrible, but. Yeah. The, the upshot of it is the significant upshot is there's some somebody at the mall um, jubilee who goes through the gateway is sort of suggested that the gateway is left alone just long enough for her to get through and so she she comes through and we, we she'll be in the she'll be in some Claremont panels on and off for the next several issues before she steps mm-hmm. in the main story. Mm-hmm. Nice. So next, after that, since you had uh, since you had uh, the guys' night or the girls' night out, and then you have the guys' night out, and you have maybe the debut, but certainly the X Men debut of Rob Liefeld, mm. and uh-huh. it is like watching the Star Wars prequels. The, like <laughs> it's all busy and weird looking. Like you can kind. Like, you look at his stuff, and you're like, I can see you have talent, but I'm still not sure exactly what you're drawing because those are not people. Uh, mm. And it's a terrible, terrible story about this alien invasion gone wrong. There's a throwback to, like, uh, they're walking up to a bar, and Colossus is like, uh, I'm not going in there with you. Last time I went in this bar, uh, Juggernaut put his foot up my ass. You know, yeah. I'm doing that. <laughs> and it's like uh, they do... Uh, it's really Havoc is now, you know, is trying to prove himself. So it becomes a, a Havoc story, which, you know, is not necessarily a great thing. Okay. And that's, that's it. It's pure filler. All right. Well, when yeah. we get to 246, uh, the story really is about beginning about the Siege Perilous. Um, and Dazzler has it. Uh, it's a reflection of all of her different versions of her life, which in the, which is kind of funny because every version of her life ends with her getting shot and killed, which I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it was just kind of funny. Like, every version of herself was there. She was like a lawyer, a singer, a bag lady, a bump. Like, everybody got wound up getting killed. Um, and then that's basically it. And it's really, you know, Dazzler's so self-focused on her and she's using her power to power up the Siege Perilous and um, like a really goofy version of whatever comes out of there, ghost, scary type figure, and tells us, you know, hey, you're, you know, come, I, what was it? She's going to get uh, killed or something like to that effect. And, you know, she's like, ah, and drops it. And she starts bleeding, which is important later on. But, um, you know, I mean, it's just, a, it's kind of a weird jump here, too, because. Where did the Siege Perilous part even come from? Who I forget who even gave it to them. So they got that an aroma at the end of all the mutants. Okay. And they used it one time. They um when they got to uh when they got to uh Australia, the this base, I think the Reavers or some of the Reavers were in here, and after mm-hmm. they kicked their ass they sent them through the Siege Perilous. That's like their mm-hmm. phantom zone. Okay. Well know. the second part of the book is the B plot is uh, Nimrod is back and he's RoboCop, 
essentially at this point. Uh, his prime directive is to kind of clean up crime in the area, and he finds like a drug house. Um, he tells the people to stop. They don't stop. So he kills them and all, like, like not kills them. Uh, he uh, melts them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and the drugs too. I'm like, oh, dude, the drugs are worth more money than the money. Uh, and he raises <laughs> all the money, but he does take the money, which I found to be funny, though. You know, he could use it for something else. Uh, was, mm-hmm. I, we, we touched on the Nimrod story when it happened. Uh, you know, because it was a dude that found something. Uh, was it Franco or Francisco or something like that? He finds something. And, oh, yeah. you know, it kind of transforms him into to Nimrod, although I don't necessarily know the full history of Nimrod. Um, but th- that's part of the, the B-plot of this that becomes very important a little bit later. The other part of this story is Wolverine is leaving. We told you it would come back. He's leaving. Um, he has to go somewhere to take care of some business. Um, there's a great shot of Storm there where she puts on his glasses mm-hmm. and she's got on like a, I don't know what you would fucking call what she's wearing, a t-shirt, a negligee. Um, yeah, she's wearing a negligee and a jacket. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at Yeah, something, man. I was like, yeah, Wolverine. Good as hell, whatever it is. Yeah, Wolverine can handle that. a two-pump dump, man. He'd be done in two pumps. So, um, can handle Storm. So, yeah, so there's that. And then... The book transitions to uh, a Havoc is training the X-Men because they don't have the danger room. Now, Havoc has made the absolute turn, man. He finally has gone from a three on his card to a four plus. Like, he <laughs> is really ready to come. He can get specials on at least five and seven. And he has unleashed whatever power. Like, he's finally gotten over this idea that, like, hey, if I'm going to use my powers to the fullest, you know, I need to train. I need to not be a bitch about it. Uh, and, you know, he's training everywhere. He's taking, you know, danger here and there. Like, you know, Havoc is becoming the Havoc that you're going to know when you get into those books in X Factor. You know, strong leader, as strong as Cyclops in many areas without all the guilt. Essentially, um, yeah, yeah, and so it's it's really you know it's a really cool scene for him. Um, the other plot in this book is they're off to the Hellfire Club, and there's a scene where the ladies that uh, work there are greeted by another lady that's like, "Hey, you know, welcome here, you're welcome back. I can't believe you're there. She got on a you know a fat mink coat, and you know her husband, which is Senator Kelly, is meeting with Sebastian Shaw, leader of the Hellfire Club." Um, and he's trying to get a program. Saul's trying to get a program to eliminate the mutants, which I kind of, I found kind of funny. I was like, the program that he's describing is literally the program that they do in Days of Future Past, the movie. You know, yeah. finding mutants that can adapt to, or sentinels that can adapt to the mutants' powers and constantly rebuilding themselves so you can't destroy them, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, you know, I'm rushing through the book, but, you know, any points that I'm missing there, Brother B, with the same uh, pretty much on top of it. I mean, um, uh, you did skip one uh, quick part with uh, Rogue. Uh, she's in Washington D.C. Uh, oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was she visiting the wall? One of the uh, I don't know if it was the Vietnam or something. Yeah. But I think it has to do with uh, Carol Danvers' memories because yeah. uh, I kind of skipped over it. But it's uh, yeah, her brother. She, her brother. Uh, Carol's, is, uh, yeah. yeah, Carol's in control of the her mind at this point in time um and or control of the body and the mind for rogue uh so yes there's that um 
yeah, so, so yeah, another Sentinel hunting program. Um, but yeah, there, you, the one point was that, like, uh, so as Sebastian Shaw dubs them, Senator Kelly's fiance or wife used to be mm-hmm. one of the Hellfire ladies. Yeah. So she dresses up for him, and he freaks out. And Sebastian yeah. Shaw's like, uh, this meeting's over. You need to go hit that. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Sentinels another time. You need to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, he, he does make a line like, yeah, Larry, you got you a real tiger by the tail, tigress or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly is the straight up, uh, you know, button down, whatever, dude. Um, yes. Uh, and yes, we do get to that part where, yes, Rogue, um, she meets up with Psylocke. Uh, you know, everybody's like, you know, Carol, you need to get out of there and give, uh, you know, uh, Rogue back her whatever, her body or whatever. She's like, I can't get out of here, and, you know, she's got all these plans that what she'd like to do, you know, until, you know, while she's in control of Rogue's body because of her powers and all that. I mean, it it is what it is, and as they're sitting there, you know, there's a big boom, and then uh, Master Mode or Nimrod essentially starts to build himself right out of the ground. Not a real, you know, like a lead up to that. It was like, oh yeah, so this is going on. And bam! Okay, wait, what? Yeah, he uh, finds this thing on the ground and he touches it yeah. and it starts submerging yeah. the body. <laughs> the last I remember, didn't Cyclops fought Master Mold in like Alaska or something? And I don't know how that ended up exactly. Mm-hmm. Was that an X Factor? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it's just. And as he's building himself, he mentions this thing called the Twelve, which will come up very um, important. Carol decides to, like, attack, and, um, you know, you get this, you know, kind of battle into the streets or whatever. And, um, you know, uh, Kelly, Senator Kelly and his wife are driving. Rogue gets slammed uh, by Master Mode into their car. Um, She, uh, you know, they get, she gets kind of knocked down a little bit. Uh, they get out of the car. Um, his wife goes back to uh, save Rogue and pull her out of the car. And Master Mold, you know, kind of hits his um, his finisher. And you know, that's kind of how the issue. Well, he's about to hit his finisher. That's how two forty six ends. That he's about to to, to shoot his load, so to speak, uh, on Rogue. <laughs> Different book. Uh, and that's two forty six. I mean, he does you know, he does of, the rock bottom, but he doesn't get the people's elbow in yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a solid book. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, I was like, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of words in this book, but it kind of flows pretty well. Yeah, there's a lot going on, lots of different plots going on. Brother Beavis kind of teased this as we were talking about. Is like, you know, this is a a real transition time for the X Men. As you start to start to see some people transition out, and you don't really have like the the greatest team here coming up, but it's you know, uh, it's 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 a good book. As we hit into 247, um, we get a hot tag save by the X-Men. Storm, uh, Havoc, Dazzler, uh, they save uh, Rogue, um, and they, but they can't determine what it is. is this a, what is this thing? Is it a Sentinel? Like, but they can't really detect them, so it doesn't know what to do. Like, it's like, I don't, you know, it doesn't know how to, because of the, not the Siege Perilous, what's the other thing, Carl? No, they have the other gift. Is Roma made them immune, immune to electronic surveillance. Yeah. I think this is actual footage of uh, the first super, uh, first Nintendo X Men game. Uh, <laughs> actual graphics. Did they pull it out of there? <laughs> like an eight bit picture of what Master Mold sees. He is yeah. definitely not playing PlayStation yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
they do when Massimo does get his his shot off though. Uh, Senator Kelly's wife is gets caught up in the collateral uh, damage of that shot. Um, Senator Kelly goes to his wife, "Don't die, don't die, please don't die." He's like, uh, he asks Psylocke, you know, can you help me? He's just <laughs> fucked up. He's like, nah, I can, you know, help ease her pain. I was like, can, can y'all airlift her or something? Can y'all get Rose <laughs> fired to the hospital? Like, okay. really fast? Like, something. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, well, you know, I can give her some morphine, and that'll be about it. Like, it just, it was, it didn't seem like there was a lot of help there. Um, but, whatever. And she does, he doesn't, and he does, like, what um, Tony Stark does to Falcon in um, Civil War. He gives Psylocke the push off. He's like, curse you! And he, like, hits, yeah. you know, pushes her off. And, um, th- I mean, that's really it. I, I kind of thought that was weird that they didn't try to help a little bit more. Uh, and then it's really just comic book stuff. Havoc's cut loose. They get a fastball special from Colossus. You know, that's my version. Um, and then Longshot's butthurt right in the middle of the story. Yes, he is butthurt. Shut up! I hear, I can't help against big robots. Yeah. You just yeah, figured you out you sucked? You yeah. stuck in this entire time? <laughs> Shot clearly hadn't been listening to this podcast. Because you <laughs> suck. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the cutaway scene to Jubilee. And we can t- briefly go on Jubilee. Uh, I don't even remember reading these books back in the day all that much. So I don't remember her coming into this. And then two... Like, the character now is, like, a vampire or something. <laughs> Whatever, man. The character just sucks. I mean, she she is Asian Kitty Pride, but maybe worse. And the way it's written is a thousand times worse. Like, Chris Claremont shouldn't be writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, but it's pretty terrible. The writing is terrible. Like, nobody talks like this ever. And, um, yeah, I mean, is everybody just thumbs down on Jubilee? Yeah, <laughs> I don't hate her. I don't hate her, but yeah, I've always found her kind of uh, irritating, to be honest with you. But my recollection, and we'll probably hit these, is, is she she's about to form her bond with Wolverine. Everybody has to pass Wolverine's test of strength before they can get it. Well, I, I think that's where she <laughs> she develops. All right, she was okay in Generation X, um, mm-hmm. as I remember. Yeah. But yeah, she's a vampire now. I don't. That that's yeah. What the fuck is that about? Yeah, and she's got kids too. I think she might be gay too. I think so. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, uh, on her deathbed though, uh, Senator Kelly's wife is like, "Don't blame the mutants." He is like, "Yeah, fuck that shit." Um, <laughs> they did. <actually. laughs> yeah. Um, so they keep destroying Master Mold, and he keeps coming back. Like, he just keeps transforming himself, you know, and he keeps getting smarter, just like these Sentinels that um, that Sebastian Shaw wants. He's kind of, you know, you're kind of seeing his version in Master Mold because they destroy him, he gets brought back. And, um, and, and keeps building himself bigger and stronger each time. Um, he tries and he's to starting to out. assimilate with Nimrod, too, and that's when he can yeah. see the X-Men, and that's when he starts putting put ass. And that's the other part, too, was like, okay, now why is Nimrod with Master Mode? What's the connection there? So, so there, was a, there was a panel uh, with very little setup where Master, Nimrod has his, his secret identity is a construction worker, and there's yeah. some box on the ground, and he's like, what's this? And he picks it up, and it transforms mm-hmm. him into Master Mode. Yeah. Yeah, because, because, because comics. comics. 
There's, I have that note in here somewhere, by the way. There's a because comic note too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it is. Okay, so yeah, they they try to sweep him out to sea. He locks himself in. Colossus or does the, the most Colossus thing. He takes the leg off and is like, "Hey, have the leg." And then he gets smacked the crowd. Okay, the most Colossus move of all time. Um, that's a funny. That's a funny panel. Yeah. Yeah, and so Rose borrows his because play. Master Mold's uh, reaction is like. Huh? Just <laughs> 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 come with a question mark, I think. And um, yeah, so Rogue takes his powers, Colossus's powers, and then she does like you know her Earth shot, where she goes all the way into space and then comes down and you know smashes him into millions of pieces. But again, he gets starts to put himself back together. So they're really like this point, like, well, what can we do with this thing? Like, we don't know, we can't beat it, we can't fight it, or whatever, so they decide that they're going to push it through through the siege, perilous. And um, they open up the portal, Rogue is somehow caught in this thing now, and so she gets pushed through the siege, perilous, with Master Mode, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the, the epilogue really is Shaw. Well, the, the yeah. irony there is the dialogue while they're struggling to try and force Master Mode through Nimrod's having the internal conversation where he convinces um, Master Mold. So Master Mold had decided that in order to save mutants, since humans are the progenitors of mutants, he has to kill all the humans. And so Nimrod convinces him that he's now a human, so he has to kill himself, which is the same way they've defeated Sentinels, I think, since they debuted in, like, X-Men number 12 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and so the implication yeah. is Rogue really didn't need to sacrifice herself, but she did. Yeah. She did. Yeah. She did. She did. Yeah. She did that shit. Yeah. And yes, the epilogue is Senator Kelly uh, grieving for his wife, and it's like, you know what, Shaw? These dirty damn mutants, niggers. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he's like, you know, you need any money for this hunter program? I'll get you all the money you need. You know, build that sentinel. And um, you need some money. You know, I got a little bit. Yeah, he got a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's a little bit too there that they're they're being watched too by another group, and it's uh, Charles uh, Pierce and the Donald Reavers. Pierce. Donald Pierce. Pierce. Sorry, Donald Pierce Donald and Pierce. the Reavers are watching this, uh, and then they're also <laughs> being with the orphan and nanny. Uh, yeah, which is an egg. Oh, the orphan maker. Yes, and yeah. yeah. Uh, what terrible, in the world? Terrible. That seems terrible. Like straight up cocaine induced characters. Um, yeah. 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 It it it, 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 it takes us a, a two issue story that was actually kind of fun, tight, and whatever, and makes it into like a little bit of a, a freaking fairy tale at the end, which it didn't really make a lot of sense. It's definitely something I would love to ask uh, that gentleman as to what was the purpose between these two characters. But again. Overall, nice two little stories there. We get an introduction of a new character with Ro- or with, Ro- with Jubilee. Uh, we get to the Siege Perilous, and we get this, you know, kind of nice little two-episode issue story arc, you know, that, you know, wraps up or starts off uh, some things that are going to come up later. So and Rogue overall, is gone. And Rogue yeah. is gone. And, and it didn't way, happen you, in a crossover. You could actually no. have things happen. <laughs> At a house yeah. show back in the day. You didn't have to wait for the pay-per-view. <laughs> this is also true. Yeah, 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 I'm drop, yeah. yeah I'm going to drop a title on Raw. Not Yeah, but not the house show in Dayton the night before. Um, Yo, know, it, it's fine. I mean, like I said, I thought the books were, I thought the books were solid. I, like, I'm perfectly okay. As, I, again, 
the parallels between the books that we just read and then the ones that were earlier in the podcast. It's like, oh, yeah, Wolverine's leaving. First person he talks to, Storm. You know, for whatever reason, he feels like he has to leave the team, you know, from time to time. But overall, solid books. Um, so that's that. Uh, anything stand out to you tonight between the books that we read, Sandman? Stand out? Um, well, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I can tell you that much. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of interpersonal stories. I mean, they're, they're, they go back to the uh, Rogue story with uh, Carol Danvers that comes comes and goes with her character for a long time. She's had to deal with a lot of consequences before uh, absorbing uh, Miss Marvel's powers and stuff. And and this is another one I think. I think it was yeah. Uh, I think you said earlier that Carol Danvers' persona was in control of her because she was dressed mm-hmm. as Miss Marvel the whole time she was fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Masterful, by the way. I don't know if we ever said that, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, that. yeah, that's another that's another big part of her character. Uh, and. Um, makes her so complex so that was a big part of it i think okay anything stand out to you uh brother Beavis? well this is the beginning of the end of this team that you know it's it was sort of came together oddly you know it it it's not clear that it really ever made a lot of sense but at the same time it it was a team that had strengths and went through a lot and you know this is where i think in next maybe the next issue they start like marking names off and it's like yeah this is the beginning of this sort of team that is sort of the follow-on or the evolution of the giant size x-men team Mm -hmm. and uh we're right on the cusp of the original blue and gold so this is the beginning of the end yeah and you know and and you know we talked about before about there was issues that we were going to skip through you know almost all the way up to the jim lee era like we were going to skip almost a year full of books um, to get to, you know, when Jim Lee starts drawing the book uh, in the two, like, 60s or so. And um, so, yeah, it's, uh, again, a, a, just a couple of stories as we start to get ourselves ready for another crossover event here uh, coming up. So, all right. Um, that starts to wrap up uh, this issue of the Marvel Hacks. I guess this is Season 2, Episode 3 of the Marvel Hacks. Remember, you'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, there was another one that we just added the other day, I can't remember what it is, Podbean, uh, whatever your favorite streaming app is, uh, we'll probably get a little bit back to um, the legacy books, I was, I told you I was going to go over No Surrender, uh, I'll make it brief, uh, the, the latest Avengers crossover which we reviewed last week when you could find the podcast, uh, basically the, this issue, and it's coming out weekly, basically this issue is the backstory where you find out who the other dude is that's playing with the Grandmaster. And, I, you know, as I'm not familiar with all the, uh, the, the gentlemen in that particular order of, of characters that play with, you know, <laughs> play with the Grandmaster, the, the group of people, uh-huh. those celestial-like guys that do these types of things, it's some dude that he was friends with the Grandmaster and they were really good friends. But I, this, I'm not talking with y'all when I say this. I wanted to be the Grandmaster. No, I wanted to be the Grandmaster. Well, we got to play a game to decide out who's going to be the Grandmaster. Nigga, oh, really? really? Yeah. <sighs> and so the Grandmaster won the game, and so the other dude got banished into eternity or whatever. But somehow, obviously, he got back. And so now he's playing this game because he wants to take and be the name of the real Grandmaster. And that's basically what has started this world level event uh for the avengers no thanks yeah Yeah. 
that's pretty much it. So yeah, um, it's not it's not great. Uh, nothing of, of consequence happened in that issue other than their flashback story. We used to be really good buddies. I swear, there's almost a yearbook picture in there of them brother beavers holding milk carts. Oh, so no. um, it, it's really bad. <laughs> It's really bad. So yeah, we we'll we'll conclude when uh, that no surrender whenever it finishes. But um, as an overall, just book in and of itself, it just stinks. So, all right. So it's starting to wrap up here. Um, we are one week away from um, Black Panther. I already got my tickets. I'm ready for Thursday night, seven o'clock. Uh, so we'll have that coming up uh, and review shortly thereafter. So obviously, we won't be recording next Thursday. Um, we have. Uh, what is this, uh, Comic-Con Revolution at West Palm Beach on the 24th, uh, which I'll be attending as a media credentialed person. Uh, so we'll bring you a lot of information from there. Uh, we got, hopefully, the Game of Thrones podcast this past, this weekend. Um, I'm way ahead, by the way, on y'all in terms of watching episodes. Uh, but, yeah, we have that podcast this weekend uh, of, uh, what, I know what you did last winter. So looking forward to all that. So a lot of stuff for Brothers College. All right. That's it. All right, so we're going to wrap up as X-Men, the animated music, starts to play us out. Sandman, go ahead and sign off. See, he's still first. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, baby. At least least for a couple more weeks, and I'm saving every damn minute. All right, sorry, our fellow mutants. We will be back. uh, Well, not next week, but week after that. Not next week. Yes. Well, we may record later to to get our Black Panther reviews in. Uh, Again, I don't know when y'all are seeing it, but um, I'm, I'm Thursday night. Yeah, right, I'm doing so, Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Brother Beavers, you no plans yet. I'm not seeing that shit. That's not for <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, hey, somebody grab his mic. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go see that new Claw movie. Maybe. Yeah. We'll be really for Claw. Yeah, we'll be rooting for Claw. Colonialism. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, white listeners, uh, don't shout that out in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> it might not work out. Uh, just saying. Uh, but as, uh, as the mad real world, as Tron said on the mad real world, uh, we do reserve the right to fuck up. So, uh, yeah, do not do that at the movie theater. So yeah, so yeah, we'll 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 convene to give our Black Panther reviews coming up, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So, uh, fellow mutants, we will see you guys on the other side. Peace. Peace, too.